Man, if you ever question the Bible, tonight is for you. If you ever listen to people when they say the Bible isn't really legit, tonight is for you. If you ever looked at this ancient book and ever had a question about it, tonight I'm, I'm going to preach, but I'm going to prove it to you that this, this thing that we hold called the Bible is legitimately legit, all right? As my people from up north would say, it's valid like salad. Somebody say facts. Facts, facts, facts. What's that, facts? Man, tonight's going to be awesome. The Bible's legit. Uh, man, I'm excited to preach. I'm, I'm going to preach for a long time, so stay with me. Try not to sleep. Okay, I'm real super nervous. This is going to be crazy. Look at your neighbor and say, this is going to be crazy. I'm going to start with this big thought in 2 Timothy. So if you ever question the Bible, if you ever just, the next four weeks, we're talking about how, how legit the Bible is. And, um, man, we're going to look at the Bible through a Christian's eyes and even from a non-Christian's, like a, a realist eyes. We're going to just dissect it. It's going to be awesome. 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. It says, all scripture is God-breathed, meaning that God, he spoke, and out of his words, somebody heard and wrote the Bible. See, the Bible has many authors, has many people, but, but who wrote it really was God. He inspired men to write it. And think about this. The Bible was written over thousands of years by many people. And once Jesus leaves, they put all these books together and they call it the Holy Bible, the scriptures. And what's amazing is that all of these books together, some of them talk about the same stories. Some of them bring up the same Jesus. What's amazing about the Bible is that none of the stories, none of the characters, none of the timeline contradicts each other, although it was different artists over thousands of years. Is that blowing anybody away? Is that, is that crazy? Never contradicts each other. It's so on point, it was as if all these people sat in a room and said, hey, what you writing on chapter 2? I write on chapter 16. It's that legit. It's, it's that cohesive. Every book in the Bible. It is so well put together. None of it contradicts any of it. All of it flows together as this beautiful piece. And what's amazing is, is that no man could do that. Only God can do that. Amen? Man, we're not perfect, but when God does something through us, something, something good can actually happen. When God does something through people. When I get to heaven, I'll ask him, God, why'd you choose us? You could have chose angels, but whatever. So every, every script, all scriptures God breathed. And what is, it, what is it for? It's useful. Somebody say useful. The Bible isn't just good ideas. You're supposed to use that thing. The Bible isn't for you to just open up in church and close it. Your Bible is for Monday. Your Bible is for Tuesday. Your Bible is for that sin that you can't stop doing. Your Bible is for your broken family in your household. What's going to answer that is God and his word. The Bible is useful. Let's go to the next verse. It's useful so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible is something you're supposed to use. It's something you're supposed to apply and move forward in. So these next couple of weeks, man, we're going to jump into it. Who's ready? Who's ready for this? It's going to be wild. It says in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. This is how I take this verse. Literally, cultures and society will always change. But my words, my Bible, that will never, ever change. It's not going nowhere. Little do you know that that's how truth acts. Truth is truth 
no matter what you say, it's always going to be true. So this verse is pointing towards one truth. And he said, listen, no matter what happens in heaven or earth, if one day the whole world agrees that rape is actually a good thing, do as you will. If one day something so tragic as that is viewed in society as good, the Bible will not change according to the times in society. True is true no matter what. You know, 50 years ago, skinny jeans was crazy in America. You probably get arrested. With the social climate right now, the racial climate, you wondering, man, I thought we were ahead. Back in the day, you you want to dye your hair? Your hair. I see so many interracial couples, beautiful. Blacks and Hispanics, Hispanics and whites, beautiful. That wasn't okay back then. That wasn't widely accepted. That was basically against the law. But what happened? Society begins to evolve. And society begins to change, which is awesome. Right? It began to change. It's awesome. But then there comes a point where society keeps moving and the Bible stays true. When everyone believes, do whatever you want. And when whatever you want is so sinful, the Bible still stands where it's at. It still holds its ground. And it's still truth. Because the heaven and earth will pass away, but the Bible will stay true. Today, you know what knowledge is? Knowledge today is believing that the Bible isn't legit. That's what, the, that's what, that's what knowledge is today. I think that's a lie of the enemy. To tell people, listen, you are above the Bible. You're above this Christian thing. I was on Twitter the other day. They said, people still believe in God? I was like, people still aren't believing in Jesus? They split your history book in half. Do you not remember? You scared me, bro. I'm from New York, dog. Watch out. <laughs> I got no moves, y'all. <laughs> I was scared like a cat. I love you, Amari. Don't creep up on me. Knowledge is believing that the Bible isn't legit. That's what the world says. The world's trying to convince you. I think that's a lie of the enemy. Trying to get the church to believe that what we see is right and true. What we see is the Bible being true, perfect, and holy. It's actually out of whack. That's what the enemy wants you to believe. But that is not true. The Bible is written did not change throughout time. It is 100% accurate. And I'm going to give you tonight three reasons why your, your Bible is legit. And next week, I'm going to do four reasons. And the next week, this is going to be awesome. Just keep coming. <laughs> your Bible is legit. I'm going to give you three reasons why it's legit. Some with have to do with the Bible. Some just, it's just realist, realism, like just probability and, and like science. It's going to be cool. Number one. Your Bible is historically legit. I'm not saying spiritually. I'm not saying in the eyes of a Christian. Your Bible is historically legit. As if a person not believing in God were to look at the Bible through a historian's eyes, they would say, yeah, this, this is legit. You know that everything that goes through history books has to go through a process. Everything that goes in your history books must go through a process. It's a three-step process for something to be put in a history book. You know what's the first step? It's an eyewitness account. Eyewitness accounts is the first step in something being historically accurate. Did you know that? Whenever, they, whenever something's historically okay, there had to be people there that saw it. Listen to me. The Bible is mostly written by people that saw what was happening. 
You know the Old Testament and the New Testament. The New Testament, the first four books of the New Testament, it's called the Gospels. And it's, it's names of people because those names of people, the people who wrote it, and they're the people who saw and lived and breathed with Jesus. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The first four books of the New Testament. Listen, Matthew was written by Matthew because Matthew was with Jesus. And he lived life with Jesus and wrote Mark. Man, he's awesome. I love Mark. I love the book of Mark. Mark wrote his book through his experiences with Jesus. An eyewitness account. It goes, and I love Luke because Luke, is a, he's a smart man. He's a, he's a well-intellectual man. He, he wants to prove Jesus through his book. So you have Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke writes his gospel. And, man, he mentions numbers. He mentions the number of people. Watch, he's smart. He said, listen, no one could deny that this happened because this many people saw it at this day. At this, He's legit. Luke, smart man, businessman. He writes about Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke. John. John writes about it. How God is, he's amazing. He's, I love him. He loves me so much. What's amazing is that some of the stories that they write are repeated throughout the four Gospels. So if you ever read your Bible, you might, meet, you might read Matthew and you might meet Luke and, and you read these two books and say, hey, they kind of have the same stories. And, and, and it's almost as if they sat in a circle one day and said, hey, what are you writing on page two? I'll write it on page 16. As if the Gospels, they're so cohesive. As if they sat together at the same time and the same day and wrote the same story. But that is not how it happened. That's not how the Bible was written. All these, think about all these people from thousands of years. They didn't get together when they say, let's write this Bible. It was because of an eyewitness account. That's why none of it collides. It's all cohesive. You saw from your perspective and I saw from my perspective. And both of our perspectives together prove who Jesus is. Eyewitness accounts. You know, Jesus showed his hands to more than 500 people when he rose on the third day. You wonder why Christianity boomed out of nowhere. They saw the holes, y'all. He went to people showing them the hoes. Eyewitness accounts. That's what your Bible's full of. First five books of the Bible written by Moses. He saw all that happening. It's revealed. Number one, eyewitness accounts. That's how, that's how something is historically legit. Number two, you know how something else is historically legit? Let's throw it up. It's, it's when it's recorded and copied with extreme care. In other words, if you have seen eyewitness accounts and you're writing and copying it needs to be taken care of with extreme care. And, and this is true about the Bible. So you know what that means? All those people that tell you, oh, but all those people that wrote it, oh, I probably got lost, I probably reworked. That is false, and that is a lie of the devil. That's a lie. You know why? You know why it's a lie? Because when God chose a nation to write his Bible, he chose the craziest people in the world to write the Bible. Do you know who the Jewish scribes were? You know what they did? They did what no nation ever did when recording history. They took a book, right? So, so Genesis. They took Genesis. And they, they looked at the book, and they know the letter that is directly in the middle of that book. And they counted to the right where the book ended. And they counted to the left where the book started. And if that number wasn't, wasn't exactly the same, they crumble it and start again. Meticulous people, the Jewish scribes. To the point where they didn't match things word by word. They matched it letter by letter. So you got all these scrolls, and they transcribed them together. Hence their names, the scribes. They transcribed it 
put it together, and now we read a translated Bible that's for English words. But, but the people who took care of this, they recorded and copied it with extreme care. They were centuries ahead of every nation the way they took history and put it together. It's the people that, isn't that amazing? My Bible's legit. Not only because of the eyewitness accounts, not only because it was recorded and copied with extreme care, but lastly, there is archaeological confirmation. That's the third step in something being historically correct. It needs to be aligned with archaeology. It has to be aligned with, with the maps. And I don't know if you've read the Bible before, but man, you see a bunch of rivers in the Bible. You ever see the Bible explain the river, the Euphrates River? You ever seen that? The Nile, the Red Sea? Those things are real places in this world. To the point where archaeologists, they go and they, they excavate and they find things that are true and aligned with the Bible. More people have converted to Christianity finding stuff than hearing the gospel of Jesus. People get excited just finding stuff. What's amazing, this is crazy. There's only one tribe in the Bible that you couldn't prove. It was the Hittite tribe. There was no evidence of the Hittite tribe in the book to the point where Christians back in the day be like, man, they made up that one. All right, they made that one up. We got no proof of it. That one, that one tribe in the Bible, uh, uh, I think they made that up. <laughs> we, got no, we got no proof. In 1940, archaeologists, they, ex, they excavated in that area the Bible said that the Hittite tribe was, they found a scroll of the Hittite tribe that actually had words from the first five books of the Bible and none of it collided and it all cohesively blended together. The Hittite tribe was act actively validated, not by Christians, but archaeologists. It was the only thing questioned about the Bible. This, this tribe isn't there. We have no evidence. They found it in 1940. We're in 2017. 1940, they found those scribes. This is wild. This is crazy. Your Bible is historically legit. What's amazing about, I got more to go, but if it was just historically legit, you have an argument with somebody. You can have an argument with somebody. You can't tell me that all these people, after all these years, wrote the same stories and none of it actually clashed, but it all actually comes together. This on its own stands by itself. You can argue with somebody that, but I'm not done. It's not only historically correct, it is scientifically correct. Anybody love science? It's a myth. There's a myth that if you know science, you know that there is no God. That is a lie. That's a lie. Science is actually God's laws that he put together. The truth always stays the same, but science changes. Did you know that? Truth stays the same, but science always changes. You wonder why the history and science books of your high school class are somewhere in the garbage as some homeless man's pillow. It's, it's obsolete because whatever people discover with new discoveries, everything else is pushed away. You guys know that. It's, that's crazy. But the Bible is in a science book. But the little science that's in the Bible, it stands true throughout the, throughout the ages. It stands true throughout the ages. It says in Psalms 148, Verse 5 and 6, it says, let every created thing give praise to the Lord, for he issued his command, and they came into being. Then it goes on to read, he set them into place forever and ever. Listen, the laws of science was created by God. The reason why the Bible doesn't contradict scientifically with new discoveries is because it's the same God that made those laws. It's the same God. 
We're finding new stuff of the God that never changed. I want to prove it to you. Scientifically legit. This is crazy. So think about this for a second. Let's think. Let's think. I like I was really quiet right now. Let's think. If people are writing the Bible and they're mentioning science, wouldn't it make sense that the science of that day would flow into the Bible? Wouldn't that make sense? Like if you believe in something, let's say all of us agree one day, like, you know, the sun is a cotton ball, right? It's science. We believe in that. And, and one of you, God chose you to write the Bible. Wouldn't it make sense that somewhere in your writing of the Bible, you mentioned these cotton balls? But it's actually vice versa. In the times where science was actually booming, people were writing the Bible, and it was contradicting what people were saying of the time. For example, there was an idea that the earth was flat. You know this. There was an idea. Come on, Will. That, that the earth was flat. You guys remember that, right? People didn't leave Europe because they're like, man, you're going to fall off, though. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna sail. It's going to fall. Don't go nowhere. Stay here. That's somebody's mama. Go ahead. Go ahead and sail. You're going to fall. Go ahead. Leave mama's house. Go ahead. Leave mama's house. See what happens. That was a widely agreeable thought up until 1942. People believed the earth was flat. Why doesn't this show up in the Bible? Matter of fact, the Bible, 2,400 years before this idea, in Isaiah, it says God sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. This is 2,400 years apart from 1942. 2,400 years. Man, if these people just looked into the Bible, that word circle, it translated as sphere. That's where we get the word globe. If these people just looked into the Bible, they would have seen, man, I don't, I don't think the world is flat. It might be, it might be a circle. Because the Bible said, someone wrote 2,400 years ago in this lame book that's out of whack, that isn't relevant today. Some dude named Isaiah wrote in verse, four, verse, verse 22 that God sits above the circle of the earth. Maybe, just maybe. This is real. Maybe, just maybe. The God he's speaking of is legit. Because I know he couldn't have thought of that. I'm ahead of him. We're in the 1940s. These, however many years ago before his dad. He ain't smart. God worked through him to write this. The Bible is inspired by God. Here's another idea. The earth was held up. You know that? That, that was an idea. The earth had to be held up. You ever seen that picture of Atlas? He's like holding the globe. You seen that? That's how the Greeks, you like that, right? You like that? Some people laughing. I guess so. I'll do it again. That's what the Greeks believed. They said, the earth is held up by a dude named Atlas. He's sitting on his back. It's crazy. You know what the Hindus believed at that time? The Hindus believed, I didn't memorize it. I got to read it. They believed that the earth was on the back of an elephant, which is standing on the back of a sea turtle, which is standing on the back of a serpent, swimming through the ocean. The same time frame that they thought this was right, they thought that was right. You know what the Egyptians believed? The Egyptians believed that the world stood up on five pillars. Man, do you guys go to college? Like, they teach this stuff. And I laugh. I'm like, okay. <laughs> on top of an elephant, on top of a turtle, on top of a serpent. What? Egyptians believed. Egyptians. You guys know the Egyptians are all over the Bible. You know that, right? The Bible's legit. Egyptians believed that 
the world stood up on five pillars. How many of you guys know Moses, the beautiful story of Moses? He was in a little boat, and they put him onto the river, and he became Pharaoh's grandson. You guys know that story? What, the thing about Moses is that Moses, he actually put together some books in the Bible. You knew that. He put together books in the Bible. The thing is, in the, in the story of Moses, he grows up in Egyptian schools and Egyptian teachings. He grew up believing this. But none of this shows up in his writings. How does the science of the time not go into the Bible of the time? Because the Bible of the time wasn't written by man. It was formed by God. Earth had to be held up. You know what it says in Job? The oldest book in the Bible? It says he spreads out the northern skies over emptiness. He suspends the earth over nothing. Man, if these Egyptians just looked at the Bible, they would have seen the answer. Yeah, I'm, I'm going in. I'm going in. You know what else they believed? You know what else they believed? That the number of stars can be counted. This is just like a history class. You're welcome. School's starting. Trying to, you know, warm you up, you know? You know who thought of this? His name was Hipparchus. Hipparchus lived 150 B.C. He was an astrologist. You know what he said? He said, I've counted the stars. There are 1,022 stars in the sky. You know what happened 300 years later? A dude named Ptolemy, he's the father of astronomy. 300 years later, he said, this, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> 1,022. It's 1,027. He forgot five. Legit. For hundreds of years, the world believed you can count the stars. If they looked at Jeremiah 2,600 years earlier, it says the stars of the sky cannot be counted. The Bible is legit. I'm about to throw this water. Stop questioning the Bible. It's legit. Historically, scientifically, even medically. I'm not yelling at you, Mama. I'm sorry. Papa, I love you. Your meal. <laughs> you know what else they believed? I'm going in. They believe too much blood made you sick. You knew that. They believe too much blood made you sick. That was a wildly thought idea. You know your first president, George Washington. You know how he died? He died through a process called humoralism, which is actually put together by a man named Hippocrates. Hippocrates studied medical and just physiology, all this stuff. He came up with this idea that, that, that the four fluids that ruin your body is yellow bile, black bile, saliva, and blood. And if you're sick, you need to excavate these fluids. I pulled up on Google how our first president, George Washington, died. He died through this process of humoralism. He was sick one day, and they brought him the best doctors and physicians. This is Google. This is in the Bible. Let's put it up. While waiting for Dr. Craig, his arrival, Rollins actually, he extracted a half pint of blood, so they already started going. He, they're cutting him up. They're giving him blisters. Our first president, George Washington, not that long ago, they're cutting him up so blood could come out because they believed that he had sick blood. That's the process of humoralism. And they're think about it. The president, they're bringing the best medicine people of the time. Come on, help our president. Come on, he's the leader. Help him. So then, oh, this is the, the, the most advanced thing. Cut him up. Bleed him out. At 11, Dr. Brown, two doctors. Dr. Brown had not yet arrived, and Craig sent for a third physician, so they're calling everybody. Sign that he felt, you know, alignment was serious. At noon, an anemia was administrated. 
but there was no improvement in Washington's condition. It started getting worse. And we continue to read. Washington was bled for the fourth and final time. They bled this man out four times. It was later reported that a total of 32 ounces of blood was taken out of George Dito. It was extracted during the last pleading. There was an idea in the times of George Washington that if you were sick, we need to get the bad blood out of you. Man, if they just turned to Leviticus, for the life of the body is in the blood. For the life of the body is in the blood. The biggest plague in European history, they had no idea about contagious diseases. Did you know that? 25% of Europe died because no one had an idea of what contagious diseases were. They didn't know that I can have a sickness, and because I'm next to you, you'll cast that sickness. If they just turn to Leviticus, the same book, it says the priest will quarantine the person for seven days. Quarantines were happening years before this black plague. And if people just turn to be sick, get them away from everybody. Put them in a room, lock the door, and treat them from a mask. It's the Bible, y'all. It's legit. Historically, scientifically, and lastly, it is prophetically accurate. Prophetically accurate. For all my friends in here that don't do church, they don't know big words, I don't know them either, so I got to Google them. You know what a prophecy is? A prophecy is a message inspired by God, a divine revelation. The Bible says that prophets spoke from God as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So a prophet who receives God's message and transmits it to others. So in the Bible, there's a lot of prophecies. Did he know that? There's actually a thousand plus prophecies in the Bible. And we just read it. It's, it's when God says something to a man and the man communicates it to other men. And there's a chance of it being wrong, but usually it's right, right? It's God. So it's historically correct, which you can argue that all day with somebody, just being historically correct. Scientifically correct. I was blown away preparing for this sermon. I was like, throw my shoes at you, right? <laughs> it's prophetically accurate. This is the craziest one. People have no idea what's going on. They're writing about a Jesus that doesn't even exist. There are a thousand plus prophecies in the Bible. One thousand. Listen, 300 of them are for Jesus alone. The last prophecy of Jesus was given 400 years before he lived. That gap is like people coming into the Mayflower with Christopher Columbus talking about how there's going to be a young dude named John. That's the time gap. People coming in with the Mayflower talking about New Birth Church. That's the time gap of the last prophecy of Jesus. 400 years. And, and I love this. There's a big study that this atheist did. The atheist, he got some scientists together, some mathematicians. He said, we're going to prove the Bible wrong. That's what we're going to do. His name is Peter Stoner. Go figures. You guys like that, right? I've been preparing for that joke all week. <laughs> he got 600 researchers to do a probability about one of these prophecies being right. In other words... So if, 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 if somebody in this room were to write a prophecy about something going on 2,000 years from now, they did a study on the chances, the probability, 
Math, probability. If I have a bag of golf balls, right? I have nine white and one red. If you blindfolded me and told me to pick one, the chances of me picking a red ball is one in 10. That's the probability of me being correct. They did that math to one of the, to one of the prophecies. And you know what they came up with? They said one person fulfilling eight prophecies is one in 10 to the 17th power. You guys understand what I'm saying? So, so there's a thousand prophecies, 300 on Jesus. Eight of those prophecies being correct is one in 10 to the seventh power. This is that number if you were wondering. I wish my check was like that. Come on, somebody. One in one, whatever, is the chances of eight of the 300 being right. And they're all right. All prophecies came true of Jesus. I'm talking about like he was going to be born of a virgin. Where he was going to be born. How when he's born, he's going to flee to Egypt. Egypt was barely forming when that prophecy was written. How he was going to die in a crucifixion. When he made that prophecy, crucifixions wasn't even happening. That came around in Roman time and there were 2,000 Y'all listening to me. He said Jesus was going to die in crucifixion. They weren't even killing people like that yet. They didn't even invent that crucifix. They didn't even invent it. That came with the Romans. Who's going to die in a crucifixion? What? You know what the chances of this is? One in one, 10 to the 17th power? It's as if every chance of that prophecy being right, every chance is a silver dollar coin. You ever seen the dollar coins? If you were to store these dollar this amount of silver dollar coins, if you were to store it somewhere, it would fit in the state of Texas going two feet deep. That many zeros, if there were dollar coins. So imagine, back to the golf. Imagine one of those coins being a red coin. And you are in an airplane, and they blindfold you. And they say, all right, we're over Texas. I want to stop. And you jumped off. And you parachuted down into Texas. Man, it takes 14 hours to get from one end to the other end of Texas. So they parachute you out. Right, you have time to... You get to the bottom, you pick and you find a red coin. That's the chances of eight prophecies being right. State of Texas, two feet deep. Of eight being right. Listen, that's impossible. That's impossible, right? You know what's the number of 14 prophecies being right? I can't count it. There's no number. I got to get to electrons. To try to come up with a number, to come up with some type of probability of 30 of them being right. And there are 300 that are absolutely correct about Jesus written in your Bible. Because here's the thing. In 2 Peter, it says this. For prophecy never had its origin in the human, in the human will. But what but prophets, though human, right, what happens next? They spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Spirit. It says in Matthew chapter 26 or 56, but this is all happening to fulfill the word of the prophets as recorded in the scriptures. Listen to me. It takes more faith to believe that prophecies in the Bible are coincidence than to believe that God planned them. You need more faith to believe that all these prophecies happening is a coincidence than you need to believe that God just planned all of them. You need more faith. You need way more faith. My Bible is historically correct. 
My Bible is scientifically legit. And my Bible is prophetically legit. And if the Bible is legit, then Jesus is legit. Now I'm preaching. If the Bible is legit, then God is legit. If God is legit, then his promises are legit. If his promises are legit, then grace is legit. Listen, God is for you, young adults. Man, I'm about to preach. God is for you. He loves you. Man, a, a dying world needed help. God sent his son named Jesus. And the world went crazy, so they, they organized history around this one man before Christ and after his death. There's one person that could have been the son of God. It's going to be Jesus. There's one person that's going to break the Roman Empire in half. It's Jesus, the son of God. And people dying for his name. People who seen the holes in his hands dying for his name. The old story, you know, in the Colosseum, there was a family that loved Jesus. And, but serving Jesus was illegal. It's still illegal in a lot of places, all right? This is a blessing to be here tonight. It's not a, it's not a scandal that you love God. It's a scandal he loves you. We'll get to that later. So it's a Colosseum. It's an old story. It's a Colosseum. It's a family laying, laying down on the floor. And they said, denounce, denounce Jesus and you will live. And you know what the parents did? Had a bunch of little, little children. And they laid them down one by one. And they had a huge bulldozer. And they said, denounce Jesus and you will live. And the parents, they, they gathered the children for a moment. And they said, we're going to see Jesus today. We're going to go to heaven today. Are you ready? They laid them down and the bulldozer, bulldozer crushed them. I believe that family is in heaven. I believe that Jesus is real. I believe that his word is legit. Now I don't care what society says about my Bible. If we play by, by their rules, historically it's legit. Scientifically it's legit. Prophetically it's legit. Guess what? Spiritually it's legit. Spiritually, I want everyone standing up tonight. I can have the worship team come up. This thing fill me up, man. That's my jam. Feeling good? Look at your neighbor asking that question. You feeling good? Man, if the Bible is legit, that means that these verses are legit. Let's read these verses together. The book of Isaiah says, He gives strength to the weary and He increases the power of the weak. Listen, are you stressed out today? God has something for you. Is life weighing on you? Do you feel like you're trying to make a move and you're making no moves? Do you feel like you have all this faith and none of it's actually being activated? Listen, God actually wants to do something that you cannot do on your own. That's a legit promise. Here's another one. It says in Isaiah 43, 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Man, passing through waters, that's not a fun time. I, was just, I went on a cruise earlier this year and we were going um cave tubing. It's really fun. I'm the dude that jumps off the tube and, you know, swims. Just saying, I'm that crazy guy. So we're cave tubing. But before we got to the spot, there was a, there was a nice river and, and there was a rope that ran right through and we had to cross to the other side. And I remember getting my, my, my tube together and I'm, and I'm walking and 
I ended up laying down. And as I laid down, I remember the current kind of got me a little bit because I had a life vest. So, so I was just getting picked up by the current. And it was really peaceful. But man, I don't know how many of you guys in here today are trying to get somewhere, but you end up having fun in the place that was supposed to be a bridge for where you want to go. And my God, you know what he says? He says, listen, when you pass through waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through rivers, they will not sweep over you. That's his promise. Somebody say, God got me. Say it with your chest. Say, God got me. It says in 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. And he will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says, you know, you know how easy it is to be saved? It's kind of reckless. It's almost like unbelievable. You know, you know what you got to do to be saved? You know what, what you got to do to be a citizen of heaven? You know what you got to do to join the family of believers in this earth? You just got to confess and believe. That's it. You just got to confess and believe. I'm believing tonight. I'm going to see a lot of hands go up that are confessing and believing to follow Jesus for the first time. The Bible's legit. Jesus is legit. And these next weeks, we're going to be going deeper. This is surface level stuff. I got more next week. Bring your friends. Bring your atheist friends. Come on, bring them. Bring them, bring them, bring them, bring them. I don't know who you're intimidated by. Bring them. Because the only thing that should be intimidated when you're speaking truth is false. The only thing that's intimidated when truth walks in, it's false. The only thing that runs away when light shows up, it's darkness. These weeks are going to be crazy. What I want you to do right now, no one judging, no one looking around, I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads.